crypto industry has been front and center in the headlines with the recent news of the fourth largest crypto exchange, FTX, filing bankruptcy and Sam Bankman-Fried's resignation. What lessons can be learned from this ongoing saga? What potential regulations may come from it? And does it affect the securities market? That is all upcoming in this episode of the F-Sharp Podcast. Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Welcome to episode 32 of the Financially Sharp podcast presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared towards making you more financially literate. I'm Adam Henning, marketing professional and small business owner. I am joined as always with co-host, certified financial planner, JD, wealth manager, and industry expert, Tanner Bortnam. Tanner, we welcome you into this podcast or this episode. Um, It's wool sock season for me here in Minnesota. It's officially cold. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. kind of sound under the weather, so I apologize. But yeah, a little bit, but that's all right. Um yeah, I don't I looked at exactly. I looked at you guys' weather recently. I was talking with another friend who's up there and uh do not envy you. Um I know we talked about this last year about this time on you know on different episodes, and this is one of the main reasons why I left the Midwest too cold. I work for higher education system, as m- many people know. But um, I had a—I just want to quick tell a quick story, and we'll get into the topic. But yeah, sure. Um, so we have an international student that works in our office, and I was heading out out of our our office you know, yesterday or two days ago. Um, we, it, it snowed for four days straight. It only accumulated three four inches, but it's just flurries for three four days. And I caught him. He's from the the Dominican Republic. He didn't see me, but I caught him. It was a, a very innocent and beautiful moment. He just like was freezing. He's outside and he just grabs a handful of snow and just inspects it like, what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> and yep. uh, I just said, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, I'm cold. I'm like, I know, me too. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I am fine. Never seeing the white snow again. (laughs) I love it. It just gets a little old come February or March. So, well, we're going to hit a kind of a a relevant topic in the news. Um, as we record this, um, a, a little bit before the episode is being released on Monday, the 21st. Um, but um, we're going to talk today a little bit about um, cryptocurrency and the the news that's making um, or the the story that's making a lot of waves in the in the the financial uh, world with FTX and and Sam Bankman Fried with um, filing bankruptcy and the whole mess. Um, as somebody that's you know 
involved this podcast, but not somebody like yourself, Tanner, that's a, more of an expert. I, I've covered this lightly. Um, it's certainly in my news feed as I follow um, certain financial um, profiles. So I purposely haven't really jumped in with with two feet. Maybe I should have, but I, I kind of purposely did that as um, as a way to use my questions for this for you so oh, well perfect i hope you have a bunch <laughs> of them <laughs> I, I do and we're gonna hit hit as much as we can just because it isn't a developing story so um i i'm gonna put you on the spot but um let's just start this by giving us kind of a synopsis of what's going on just in case somebody that's listening has no idea what we're talking about Sure. Yeah. Uh, really, really quick 30,000 foot view. Um, there's this gentleman uh, named Sam Bankman Freed. He is the uh, founder of a hedge fund and then also a founder of um, a cryptocurrency exchange called FTX. Uh, so he, he owns both. Um, his hedge fund is filed for bankruptcy. He stepped down as CEO of the cryptocurrency FTX uh, very recently, you know, within the last week or so. As news has come out, I'm not going to say fraud. Uh, that may be where it leads. There's not enough data at this point or information that's out there to lend itself to that. But uh, definitely Currently some, under investigation, right? Oh, yes. Or, yes, definitely under investigation. Uh, you know, we'll get into more of the nitty gritty on it. But uh, basically, pretty much anybody that had bought cryptocurrency or put money into FTX, um, so just that exchange, uh, you know, th th your, your money's locked up. It, it's not able to get out. Uh, they froze everything. Um, they don't, they're insolvent. They don't have the money to repay it is what it sounds like. And they're currently, you know, working through bankruptcy proceedings. And so, um, you know, this gentleman, uh, they call him SB, SBF, right? Yeah. Sam Bankman for, yeah. SBF. Yep. Um, sounds like a sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, he had a estimated net worth literally a couple months ago of like 30 some billion. And they now think it's, you know, in the still tens of millions. So, I mean, it's not like he's in the poor house by any means, but I mean, a, a total, total collapse, um, potentially on the, on the scale of Enron, uh, type situation. And, you know, obviously everyone I'm sure remembers, or at least has heard of Enron, uh, and what went down, you know, in the early two thousands or late nineties or whenever that happened. Um, so FTX is uh, the fourth largest, was the fourth largest crypto platform. Um, and from what I've read, it was essentially hiding the amount of leverage it it had in the trading um, on its balance sheet. Um, and they also, so he also, see, I don't, I don't know if you want to fact check this or, or what, but um, they also introduced a token. Um, as yep. a way to to gather funds um, kind of as an investment um, to fund other other offshoots of, of FTX or other ventures just to, to get financial backing and, and that's causing yeah. some of the fraudulent activities. Uh, again, let's let's just be very careful and not use the word fraud the rest of uh, the episode. Sure. Um, 
because again, it, none none of that has been proven, and that's a, in, in the legal world. That's a that's a very very heavy uh, word, and a lot has to be proven before we could, uh, and not even we. A lot has to be proven before that stage. Um, but yes, this so they had so FTX the currency exchange created their own token because anyone can create a cryptocurrency uh, or a, a coin or whatever. Um, and it's called FTT. And again, there's all these acronyms, so I don't want it to get too confusing. But basically, they created their own token and would think of it kind of like shares of of the of stock, but it, but it's not just think of it similarly to that. And they were giving this token out, um, you know, as value or saying it had value or whatever. And then by the, by the value in FTT collapsing and people want to get money out. Again, we can get more into the weeds as kind of your questions come up more specifically, but just keeping it at that 30,000 foot view, it's a cryptocurrency exchange that is basically going bankrupt and anyone that had money in it likely not getting any out. So billion, like tens of billions of dollars lost. Right. So what was, what was the straw that broke the camel's back? What, what, what happened to create this saga? Um, it's a liquidity issue. No. Uh, yes. So, Basically, there was a windfall of withdrawals, correct? Uh, yeah, but there's that issues before that that we have okay. to explain. Sure. So, okay, hopping into the weeds, what happened was, um, as I mentioned, Sam Bankman-Fried owned tons of companies, but the, the two in primary that we're going to talk about here are he owned a hedge fund called Alameda Research, and th- that had the that made bets basically i mean it was trades but hedge funds are allowed to be significantly more risky and that and do different things that other you know sectors can't and his hedge fund primarily worked with buying and selling cryptocurrency and then he had ftx the cryptocurrency exchange now the problem with this is <clears throat> you know kind of twofold from what I had read, the um, if you wanted to put money into FTX and and buy coins on their exchange, FTX did not accept money somehow. So the money basically went into the hedge fund as Alameda Research, and then the and then these people like like let's say I did this, so I put in ten thousand dollars. And I wanted to put that into FTX. Well, the money actually got funneled into Alameda, Alameda, whatever hedge fund. And then, but I was credited with the $10,000 on FTX and I could sit there and trade whatever cryptocurrency I wanted. And from what it sounds like in the accounting, because he owned both companies, there wasn't an actual accounting of that $10,000 then coming from the hedge fund and going into FTX. So the $10,000 that I'm trading with of my money that I thought I had put in there really wasn't there. And then instead it was over at Alameda Research and they were, uh, you know, making trades and, and from what it sounds like placing very, very risky 
trades, which in and of itself is crazy to think of because any trade in cryptocurrency, as we talked about in a you know previous episode about a year ago uh, on cryptocurrencies, is highly aggressive and very risky just in and of itself. And they were placing aggressive ones for cryptocurrency. So like very, very, very aggressive ones and lost tons of money. So then this was reported by Coinbase, a different cryptocurrency exchange in the US. And when this information started to get out, people started to see this and sold all of their FTT coin because if FTX doesn't have the money they say they do, then the FTT coin is worthless because it's not backed by anything. So mm -hmm. everyone started to sell the FTT coin, which drove that price down. And then also people tried getting their money out. So if you were one of the first people to get your money out, maybe you did, but everybody else is kind of left holding the bag because I mean, there's again, no one knows exactly at this point, but I mean, we're, we're talking billions for sure, maybe more than 10 billion of losses of of people and and you know venture capitalists and and i mean there's celebrities that were part of this and you know that likely lost all their money in this um so that is as much as i can kind of get into the weeds i guess i'd say i'm sure that there are pieces you know if you're uh, listening to this and you're a cryptocurrency expert i'm sure there are things i'm missing or don't know but I'm not a cryptocurrency expert. I don't trade this stuff for my clients. Go listen to our previous episode where I say, this is basically like gambling, you know, only put in as much as you're willing to lose. And here we go. That is showing up exactly what I said. So um, that is from my understanding on, on the surface level. And then obviously reading into it and whatnot, that that's what has happened but basically it, it's a collapse because there wasn't really, you know, there isn't really any oversight. And even if there was oversight, then that brings into, you know, up another issue of, well, he was in the Bahamas, not in the United States. So, you know, mm -hmm. under Bahamas rules, not the United States. So can they even write, you know, and so it's, it's this whole web of questions, you know, of should crypto be regulated more? And okay, well, what happens when cryptocurrencies company exchanges or, or coins or, you know, whatever. If we start regulating them as a country, what happened? Well, they can just go, go to a different country that doesn't do that. And, and how do you protect people and, or do you protect people or do you just say buyer beware? You know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. That's, it's for our politicians and the SEC to figure out, but it really poses a, you know, some very interesting questions, um, about, this space, you know, this cryptocurrency, because it's, it's still going to be around. I mean, this is definitely a big blow to it, but I definitely think cryptocurrency is going to still be here. Maybe not all, all the, you know, crazy altcoins that have no value. Um, but the, the main ones I think are still going to stick around in some capacity. So what potential federal regulations could be handed down after something so monumental like this, if any? Um, you know, I, I don't really know. Um, cause again, the whole it, goal of cryptocurrency is the freedom. Yeah, but. well, exactly. And, and I'll, and yeah, that, that brings something to mind. I'll, I'll answer your question first and then get to that. Um, 
you know, I don't, I don't really know. I, they've talked about treating cryptocurrency like it's a security. And if it is deemed a security, then it falls, uh, you know, probably under the investor investment advisor, advisors act of 1940 or, you know, some, some act or maybe the securities regulation of 33 or something. But again, it, like it doesn't matter. It just, it'd be treated as a security. And so, um, you know, it'd have to have all the disclosures and, and things just like, you know, a, a stock would or, uh, but I, you know, I just, I don't know if, I don't know if it's going to get to that point um, or, or if it will, you know, ever become a security. I mean, maybe. Um, and, and then, like I said, it's, it's something that's hard because, well, that's what, what we as the United States are going to say, but you can go have a cryptocurrency exchange elsewhere then you'll know, move to the Bahamas, just like right. you know uh, Sam Bankman-Fried did with, because they were in in America to start, um, and then they moved to the Bahamas where the rules are easier. So, you know, how do you get around that? Um, you know, if if American citizens want to partake on an exchange that's run internationally, um, you know, it takes a lot for the United States government to not allow things to be bought or sold from international you know, or, or other nations. And so I, I, I really just, I don't know. I'm not enough into the SEC side of things um, in that regard as being, you know, a, a regulator of, of what they're going to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you bring up a really good point and funny point that, that cryptocurrency was, you know, one of the, the quote unquote benefits of cryptocurrency is that it's decentralized and that the government can't regulate it and that, uh, you know, no one person can control it. And, you know, here we come to find out, well, Sam Bankman-Fried didn't control cryptocurrency. So that's still true, but he controlled everything else about it. And, you know, and, and I don't mean to laugh, like, because it's really sad for all these people that lost money, but like the exact thing that that all these people who are very much into crypto were were championing, like this was their hero, this Sam Bankman-Fried. I mean, he was one of these like, one of the most iconic people. I think he was actually working with certain senators. Um, he gave to, 40 million, well, not to get political, 40 million in the last election season. Right. Yeah. And we'll let people look up who, correct. We'll let people look that up. We're not stepping into that, um, you know, who that went to. Uh, but he definitely did that. Um, you know, it's interesting because they weren't regulated or looked into. You know, who knows? Just bad facts that those things happened. Uh, you know, the other aspect of it is, is I had read that he was working with certain senators on cryptocurrency regulations while doing all of this. So again, like just bad facts for, you know, those senators or, you know, the Congress people that, that uh, he was working with. Um, <clears throat> you know, so it's it's just, yeah, it's one of these where it's, you know, like I said, cryptocurrency is supposed to be anti-government, anti, uh, no one can control it. It's, it's all about splitting up, you know, giving power to everyone. And then here we are, one person clearly had uh, a lot of power because, you know, tens of billions of dollars are going to be lost because he had so much power in regards to one area. So how does regulation shake out? It was a very long-winded answer of saying, I, I have no idea how this is. I'm sure something will come down the pipeline. 
because as we talk all the time on on this podcast, the pendulum always swings, and I'm sure it's going to swing real hard in the opposite direction. Does that make it better? Probably not, but you know, at least it looks like they're trying and they're trying to do something. So I I would expect that regulation will come out of this. I just don't, I don't foresee how you would be able to do that. But the other thought that comes to my mind is someone, clearly he was smart and and kind of gathered his um, and built up his persona. But you look at somebody like, and I hate to use him as an example, but he's probably the most perfect example because he's done it with the actual markets. But what's preventing Elon from just going here? Here's my new token. Invest in it. Once he builds that by just his reach with his social media reach. And then once it gets trading to a, a certain level so, and he'll own a, a, a ton of shares in it, just make his millions, billions sell and then cripple it. Uh, so, nothing. Current, currently nothing. And that's what right. I'm saying is if it gets treated as a security, there would be hoop. I mean, you have to file with the SEC to have your security listed. And, and, and so like all of these, you know, right now I could go out there and create Harmony Wealth token. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have the, the technological skills to do that. But, you know, there's the internet. I could probably figure it out or I could pay someone to do it or whatever. But like I could just go out and create it and start people could just start buying it and trading it and you know whatever there are no rules about that whereas to bring a security to market there are a bunch of rules there are tons and tons and tons of rules and so to bring if they would bring cryptocurrency under that say it's a security well yes you know elon musk so the world could still pay all that money to have all of this done. But if you're, it's kind of one of those, I feel like if you're going to jump through all those hoops and spend all this money to get your coin out there, it probably does something legitimate because why would you just spend a bunch of money to create a random coin? And you're, you know, it would hopefully take out some of the alt coins that really have no value, but somehow get very popular from, you know, meme trading or, or whatever. Um, so that, but again, I, I have no, I, I have no idea what the SEC, the SEC has its hands full with all the regulations they want to put in the financial world. Um, you know, my world with stocks, bonds, mutual funds, all of that over the next year that I don't know when they're going to find time to do this, but you know, things can obviously change and get moved around. So we'll, we'll see in the coming year or two, what comes out of this. So how much did this affect and dip in and bleed into the securities market? Um, uh, I just would the say, volatility of this scandal. How much did it affect, if any? I I would say so. Like the the actual market, you know, with yeah. stocks. And, I would say very little, uh, very very little. You know, if if a company was heavily invested, and and again, companies. There's like 130 companies that that right. fi- had to file bankruptcy because of how much they were invested in FTX. Well, That's correct, wild. but correct, but a lot of those aren't they're not, you know, it's not like uh you know, Costco 
or Amazon or whatever. It's not those types of companies that right. most of us, it's a bunch of little companies that are probably sure. hedge funds or, or whatever. Okay. So yes, it, it clearly has an impact on, on a huge area. I'm just saying for the markets themselves, it didn't really have much of an impact, at least as of current, you know, it, it caused some volatility when the you know first day or two, when a lot of this information is coming out, but that's about it. Um, it, doesn't really kind of bleed over. Now, the crypto markets, definitely, definitely, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot more volatility. I mean, Bitcoin's 16,000 something or whatever right now. Sure, I got um, that number, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, and it was as high as 60 some thousand, you know, so, and that had been coming down prior to this, but it, it definitely is going to hurt the, um, you know, the credibility of the crypto exchange and the crypto market. And, and, and so I definitely think there's damage done there. Um, but as far as the regular markets, I, I really don't think this is going to have a very big of effect, if, if any, on them. Sure. Bitcoin's uh, price fell 15% from 18.5 to 15,625 yeah. on the 9th uh, after Binance pulled out of the acquisition. And then it crept back up to 17 and a half the next day before going to 16,000 on November 11th. Following the FTX bankruptcy announcement, according to Reuters. Um, Danner, does this, everything that we just talked about, just make you hate the, the crypto, mar uh, crypto market even more? Or I shouldn't say hate, um, hate's a strong word. Yeah. Dis dislike. Um, no. I've continued to to be optimistic. I like the idea of it, but this certainly does um, nothing for me. Like I, I, it, it, I shouldn't say nothing. I don't. Um, as a crypto believer, I, I feel like more due diligence is going to go into my process. I don't. I wasn't affected personally. I don't have a whole lot invested, but. Um, it just goes to show you that no matter how good something sounds, I feel like like we've always said there's always a bad actor and the the little guy, the I'm sure there's bigger people that got affected too, but um it just seems like if there's a, a way to take advantage of people, there's gonna be somebody that does it. Yeah, you're you're hitting the nail on the head there. Um, you know, and that's one of the things where yeah, I, I mean, I've never hated cryptocurrency. Um, you know, in our last episode, you know, I was always just said, just be careful, you know, don't put all of your money in there. Treat it like gambling. I said the same thing about the meme stocks and about day trading and about all of that. You know, it's it's when you get into something that is super risky, and in this case, super risky and unregulated, and you think you're going to hit a home run every time because someone hit a home run five years ago because they were one of the first people in like, no, like th that, that's just not going to happen. The odds are not in your favor to do that. And so, you know, I've just been trying to warn people. No, I'm not saying I called this cause I definitely didn't, I didn't see this coming. I didn't, you know, I don't have any money in FTX either, but it's just, does this surprise me? No. You know, I'm also not really surprised that something like this happened. I mean, it's it's the Wild West. And so we had a, a bad actor that did a bunch of dumb stuff. And we'll see how, you know, when the dust settles, how bad it is and how many billions of dollars are lost. And 
if any charges are filed, what they are and, you know, different things like that. But it's not really surprising to me. And so, um, you know, again, my job isn't to pass judgment on certain investments, um, you know, as, as hating them. My, my job is just to try to help educate people so that if they are going to take that risk, they understand the risk and they're not putting all of their money into it. You know, like some of these professional athletes within the last couple of years that took their entire salary in Bitcoin, you know, like what a Odell. dumb, yeah, like what a dumb move. Now, thank God, you know, for Odell, he's rich enough that it's not going to affect him that much. But I mean, if you just received the cash, the cash is cash. And okay, maybe you left that in cash and you lost 8% because of inflation. But if you took all your money in Bitcoin, I mean, it's been cut in, uh, it was at 60 sometime. I mean, what, it's down, what, 75, 80%? I mean, whatever the math on that is. I mean, it's down a ton. So basically yeah. you just worked for a lot cheaper. And and it's just, yeah, I guess that that's my answer to that. Is I've never hated it. It just was, I'm just trying to help educate and and warn people like, you know, you need to do you. Um, I don't really recommend doing a bunch of these things, but if you're going to do it, you know, know the risks and make sure that you're just not putting too much in there where if something like this happens, you didn't lose everything. Mm. <sighs> what else do you want to cover? Um, You know, I think that that's... Well, how did he get away with it? Like, I mean, this guy was everywhere. If you if you mm-hmm. kind of uncover things, like he was on cover of magazines. He was, I mean, the clout was there. Um, and yeah. he was kind of hiding in plain sight. But I guess I'm just not as smart. I, I just don't understand how something like this happens. But Well, it's, so yeah, he... So I think it's a, a few things. And, and again, I'm sure in the upcoming weeks, more information on this will come out. So this is my understanding of the information we have now and speculation. So I, I'm admitting all of that. Um, I think it was a combination of a, of a few things. You know, first, he made a ton of money because he was one of the first people in the space. And made it, you know, tons and tons of money. And so everyone looked to him as like this crypto god. And, you know, the crypto world knew him as SPF. And he was doing this and doing that. And and he was doing all these things. And then, you know, he had some luck. Like the Alameda research. When he opened his own hedge fund to be able to make money in crypto. Now, again, I'm not saying that he isn't intelligent. I'm not saying any of that. Because I haven't gone through and looked at the trades. But if you just look at where Bitcoin went from where he started his hedge fund to the 64,000. I mean, it was somewhere, I think he started in Bitcoin's around, around 10,000. You know, now are you a genius because you just happen to get lucky and start this hedge fund approximately right before Bitcoin takes off? Or is that just your luck? I mean, I, who's to say, so, you know, made a bunch of money off of that, then use that fame and prominence to start up this FTX and, you know, was, able to get a lot of celebrities which again maybe we should stop listening to celebrities because i don't remember the last time a celebrity has probably led me in the right direction um but 
you know, Tom Brady was on commercials and um, uh, Larry David was on a Super Bowl commercial last year. And I think Steph Curry and, you know, I mean, the, the list goes on and on of, of these celebrities that not only endorse this, but I think, gave, you know, most of them gave a lot of money, too. So they're out money. And so that gives it some sort of validity, you know, to society. And, you know, it's kind of like as long as the prices stay high enough, you can sit there and, and rob Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. And again, I'm not, I'm not accusing him of, of anything nefarious because that hasn't been proven yet. But you, that, those things work. I mean, it's, it's kind of like how did no one know that Bernie Madoff was you know, taking money from his clients for however many years? Because, because there were always new clients adding money into the system to keep the system going. And it's only when the markets come down that the system collapses. And that's what happened here. Some of this research, you know, Bitcoin started to come down and this research came out that said, hey, maybe things aren't as good as they appear over here. And people started selling the FTT coin, which is FTX's own coin, which again, so, you know, everything kind of fell off a cliff and then now there isn't new money going in. Instead, there's money trying to come out of the system. And that's when you start to see where the problems are. And then the, the final aspect of it is this was in the Bahamas. And I, you know, I was reading one of the, the people that's been hired to help, you know, throughout this bankruptcy process. And he said, this is one of the, I'm paraphrasing, but like, this is one of the biggest messes he has ever seen. And the most lack of like true corporate guidance that he's ever seen. And it's because Isn't they that just the CEO that took over for the for Enron, yeah, Enron, Enron yep. and when, helped yeah. exactly and helped Enron <laughs> through their bankruptcy, you know, proceeding. And it's like, so they weren't really keeping accurate records. It sounds like, and they weren't definitely weren't doing generally accepted accounting principles and all the things that that you know other companies are required to do. And you know, I don't know if there's violations there. I mean, I, I presume there are, but I don't know in the Bahamas. And so I think it was just you know, kind of for lack of a better term, a, a house of cards that because new money kept coming in was okay to, to stand on its own. And as soon as one of those cards came out, like it, it collapsed. And so, you know, I, that's my speculation. We'll find out. We'll find out obviously in the upcoming, you know, weeks and months of however long this takes um, of how this came to be. But that, that seems to be kind of the, trajectory uh that it's on i would say based on on what information is currently out there can't wait for the net netflix documentary oh yeah i mean i i fully expect this is going to be on <laughs> american greed like i think this will be an episode or multi-episode thing of american greed oh god yeah so i mean it's just but and, and the other part is, is you know i don't want to make light of any of this i i hope any everyone listening that none of you had any money or know anyone that had any money on FTX. Like this is very, very sad um, for everyone that lost yeah. money. You did, you did nothing, you did nothing wrong other than, you know, put money into a very risky area. And as long as, as I've mentioned, as long as you only put as much as you were willing to lose into it, then you should be fine. It's the people that, you know, lost everything. Well, what they did wrong was they put everything into one basket. You're never supposed to do that. Never, never, never. Mm. So, um, you know, it's just, it's a really sad deal and we'll see how it plays out. 
Yeah. Wild. That it is. Anything else you want to add on this episode other than the fact that uh, we need to give you a shout out here? Um, no, I'm just kind of wrapping this one up real quick. Um, yeah, I think, I think this is just, again, evidence of we need to do research. We can't just trust, uh, you know, what uh, an exchange says. We need to do research into the area that we're investing in. Um, you know, and just, just be careful. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, um, you know, and, and protect yourself that way. It's, it's a lot better to make it to the hall of fame by hitting singles and doubles than always trying to hit a home run because you might strike out a bunch of times and then, and never make it. So that's my advice. Just hit those singles and doubles. Oh, are we going to talk baseball? Yeah. Some, I throw analogies in all over the place. I know. The modern era would disagree with you, sir. Well, that's fair. But that's fair. <laughs> this podcast is presented by Harmony Wealth, uh, Tanner's wealth management firm. Um, we're very proud of this podcast. Um, and, and I know Tanner is very passionate about what he does. And that it still amazes me with every episode that we record. The, the best thing and the, the thing that I always fall back on is this is free advice. This is expert advice. Um, there's certainly some people that could say, well, why should I listen to you guys? Well, don't listen to me. Listen to Tanner, first of all, and listen to Tanner because he's an expert and he's a fiduciary. Lots of lots of reasons. But another reason is Tanner, congratulations. Uh, your Harmony Wealth, your your firm was just recently recognized um, by Wealth and Finance uh, Magazine as the best financial planning firm in Arizona and honored with the Excellence Award in Estate Planning. So two awards um, recognized by uh, Wealth and Finance Magazine. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's a big honor. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's just, it's really cool. It's really cool. You know, year three won't be finished until February. Um, so it's just, it's really special to have been, you know, acknowledged and, and awarded with this in, in the first three years of, of Harmony Wealth being in existence. So I just look forward to keep doing what we're doing. Um, obviously we must be doing some things right and just keep doing that for our clients and, and uh, keep plugging away. Pretty cool. If you guys want to learn <clears throat> learn more, read more about that award, you can go to HarmonyWealthAZ.com. Um, there's a media tab that we have there, and you can read all about that award. Um, hopefully this podcast and all the episodes that we do provides um, legitimacy towards what Tanner does. Um, obviously, those, those awards do um, uh, as well. So um, that's going to be it for us uh, for this episode. Uh, we appreciate you guys um, listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode, found it helpful. If you haven't yet, please uh, like that, uh, subscribe, like the show, leave us a review. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, give us a five-star rating. It helps the podcast, and we appreciate it much, very much. Um, but the most important thing is just tell a friend. That's, that's the most impact you guys can have. 
um, as we continue to grow this prod podcast. Man, I'm having a difficult time today. I apologize. Uh, if you have any questions or suggestions, shoot us an email for an upcoming uh, podcast episode idea at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That's podcast at financiallysharp.com. Uh, thanks for listening. You'll hear us in the next episode, hopefully with less stumbles and better sounding <laughs> voice. Ah, you're all good. <laughs> See you guys. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com.